Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. I'm going to go through show notes quickly because you've got a very fun story for us today. Uh, We have an Evening with Mediums event coming up on April 27th, which we are already sold out for. You lovely people sold us out before February, so thank you. We do have our tickets on sale for August 24th and December 14th. If you want to head to the website, buysarlo.com, you can click on the respective dates to get your tickets. We have personal sessions available with both myself and Karen. You can purchase those from anywhere in the world and receive the sessions from anywhere in the world, and that applies to gift certificates as well. They're available and there are multiple methods of payment, so we can accommodate pretty much everything except debit. We have Sips of Sanity for April, Growth Mindset versus Fixed Mindset, and people can find that at bysarlo.com. And today's show, I'm going to let you launch into because it's a great follow-up to where we just ended off yesterday with Sips of Sanity. I'm excited. Today's show is about medium. It's about a man who passed over and his wife came to see me. And in this particular one-hour session, I got to meet a man who was self-aware. Nice. I got to meet a person who totally took his time. And this is one of the key things that came out. I so enjoyed the fact that even when he was speaking to me from the other side, I felt so peaceful, Kelly. Because he took his time? Yes. Mm -hmm. He didn't rush through her session. And her energy in the session was the same. Cool. She wasn't somebody that, and, and I don't mean to say this, that I don't like these people that do it. Like, what have you got about this? What have you got about that? Hurry up. Let's go. I've got five people I want to know about. Let's whip through it. I understand the point of those sessions too. But in this particular session, I got to just sit there with this couple who didn't rush through their conversations. Mm-hmm. That both of them were able to say, this is what I was like. And she just sat there and enjoyed listening to him talking again. Nice. Oh, yes. A partnership. Yes. You saw my eyes bug out, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a, a lovely partnership. She was equally as calm as him in listening to the things that he came to say to her that day. She wasn't full of anxiety, even though he had just passed away. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Well, it tells you that there's safety in the relationship. Yeah, like he had just passed about a month prior to her session. And quite often when people come in that soon after someone passes, they have a good deal of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the devastation. Yes. And she was in this place of, I'm here because you're going to talk to my husband and I know what he's like. And I know what I'm like when I'm with him. So, and I'm talking in this voice on purpose because that's how they both were. Mm -hmm. So she had no anxiety in seeing a medium and hoping to connect with him. Will he come through? She just assumed, no, I know my husband. He will come through. Mm -hmm. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. So she had no anxiety about will this work or not work, which allowed me to sit with her in a level of comfort. Can I go back just just as a listener, uh, because I don't know this story yet. I think it would be easy to think, well, what do you mean she just trusted he would come through? And there are there are several times that we are asked, well, do you ever not get someone? And that hasn't been our experience. I often get asked, what if they don't come through? What do you do then for the half hour? Mm -hmm. Or um, 
who do you get? Or and, and lots of questions around if they just died, I heard I have to wait a year. We've talked about that in other shows too. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up in two different respects because there was a trust on her part as a human that he showed up for her, correct? Yes. And then because of that human relationship, there was a trust that of course he would as a soul. Yes. And it had not, there was no question. It had nothing to do with you as a medium. Correct. That was the level of trust she had. Yes. So and it's not calmness. Yeah. And it's not even about the process of what we do or if we can do it. She loved and trusted his soul that deeply. Correct. I think a lot of people will have to replay that over and over again because they do not have someone in their life that they can rely on like that. Correct. And we're getting to illustrate that that is what love looks like. Bingo, bingo, bingo. I just want to yell bingo. Okay. <laughs> it's why I was so excited to be with them for the hour. I just remember taking my clipboard, putting it down on the table, crossing my legs, looking out the window, watching the snow fall in the backyard on a beautiful, well, I was going to say April day, <laughs> but it, it wasn't April. No, it was March. So a nice winter day and be able to feel the relaxation that this couple felt for each other and then discover through the process the things that he was saying about who he was to her and that she delighted for the whole hour in sitting back and saying, mm-hmm, that's right, Karen, yes. And I would check in and say something to her like, is this what you wanted? Yes. You just wanted me to affirm his character in your relationship? Yes. Yeah, you want to be reminded. You want yeah. you want to be reminded of the ease. Yeah. And I think too, I just uh, just did a treatment for someone who lost their grandchild, and I had said to her, "You are going to need to remind your daughter of what she went through, because the memories won't be there, and she's going to question the experience." So when you're talking about this woman coming in, just wanting to be reaffirmed of the character. There's a piece of us that wants to know it was real. Yes. When, when we're in the grief and in that that fog that grief creates. Yeah. And I think she, like she said, she just wanted to sit with him again. She Like everything about it, Kelly, to feel it. And I felt so happy to be able to sit with this couple. Well, it reminds me of one of the questions you used to ask because as children and well, let's face it, as a 30 year old, I still love quizzes. And, and you would quiz us almost every single night. And one of the questions was, if you could have one more conversation with someone or another conversation or sit on a bench and chat with someone, who would it be? Yeah. And I think of just how wonderful it is that she gets to say her husband. Well, I have a picture in the treatment room above the fireplace that is actually of a tree and a bench. Mm -hmm. The bench is empty and it's just purple colors behind it. There's nothing else in the picture. And that's the bench. That's that's just that reminder of that question that if you could spend time with somebody, who would it be? And I think as a medium, that picture is showing me that I'm sitting on that bench all day, every day. And I don't just do it for me. I do it for every client. So some of the things that he said was that his life purpose was just to be. And she just sat there and she said to me, that makes sense to me that it was just to be if I think about his character because he enjoyed being in the moment with his kids he didn't rush them when they came for a visit and I said do you mean like when he was older 
because he's telling me that he was like that when he was even a young man when you first got married and first had babies and she went oh yeah even when when we were first married if I was going out or if I was going off to work for a shift he saw that as his time with the kids he enjoyed creating what it was like for his children to be alone with their father when mom was gone to work hmm. this is what it's like when dad's the parent and there's nobody else mom's at work he didn't change the rules they were the same as when mom was at home. They gave their kids consistency between the two of them. But they got dad's character. And when shit hit the fan, something bad happened or something broke, he made conscious choices as to, did the kids want to be older and say that dad got upset during these times and created fear in them? Or did they? Did he want his children to be able to be older and say to their own children, no, when stuff like that happened when we were kids, dad just taught us to pick up the broken glasses and put it in the garbage, go get a pair of shoes, put them on so you don't hurt your feet, sweep it up, put it all away. Process. Yeah. He, he, oh, I love that, Kelly. Yeah. I'm going to call him Jim. Jim liked being productive. He found productivity gave that what you just said, Kelly, process to things. And that if he was always working on being productive in something, even when things were very difficult financially, when things weren't easy at home, maybe the kids were having problems with school, always looked for a productive answer. That created safety for everybody. And I know you're big on that and explaining that to people. That when you become productive and see process, instead of going to emotions like anger or frustration, that it allows the children and his wife to be in an environment to problem solve. Mm -hmm. And so those skills went right into the kids and into their careers and into how they chose partners. Because mm -hmm. process takes time. And so if you, if you know how you want to be productive and you know what the process is, you can be comfortable just being in step two, knowing there's six more to take, but not feeling rushed or angry like you said. Yeah, and stressed. Yeah, because it's just, okay, I'm in stage two right now, and this is all I can do until it's time to move on. Yes. And then you can ask questions, or, and here was the thing that he enjoyed, nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he taught them all about nothing. I loved when he said that. Very cool. Isn't it? And she just sat and smiled. She had this cat, I'll call it the cat smile. She had this beautiful, beautiful contentness to her. And I just thought how wonderful that relationship was that her, or still is, that her eyes shone that way, that there were no pulled lines of stress around her mouth, that it, within her energy that she was content, that there was no feeling within her sitting in the room of I've got to get to the next thing and say the next thing for her. And I said to her, it's so easy to channel for you. It's so easy to channel him because of that energy that both of you have. And he was so proud to say that it was what all of his children had. Mm -hmm. It was what all of his in-laws grew to have. Hmm. That's influence. Isn't it? And, and I, I want to point that out because you said that his purpose was to be. Yes. And so instead of having to think I need to chase a job to find my purpose, I can just be and that is enough. 
that's real influence. That that you can stand in that much power within your own skin that other people start to shift around you. Yeah. He, he talked about that he valued kindness and that he always saw it as one of the most important things. Not people-pleasing. He was very good at saying no and setting a boundary or asking a different question. And that was one of the things I enjoyed so much about learning about his character when he was on Earth is that if he had to say no to something or set a boundary, that he was very comfortable doing it, but that if he recognized that the other person wasn't going to be comfortable with his boundary and his no, or not yet, or I don't want to, or whatever it was that he wanted to say in setting the boundary or refusing, that he was able to ask the person questions. He got very good at finding the right questions. And if he didn't have one, that he was able to kind of pause, go over and be himself for a while, come back and know what his questions were going to be. Mm -hmm. So everybody in the family knew that grandpa had questions. What was grandpa going to ask? Isn't that cool? I can just imagine a tombstone. I have questions. <laughs> and, and as we're seeing, he had questions when he continued to the other side. And that he still loved his family so much that this was still playing out in all of these generations. I think this is just a perfect topic coming off of Sips of Sanity. Oh, yeah, yeah. We just finished April's Sips of Sanity. Right. If you haven't listened to them already, they're on the website as well at bysarlo.com. It's completely about growth mindset. And this man, this gentleman, this soul is everything that we talked about. Yeah. He talked about taking yoga, Kelly. And learning to meditate at different times in his life. Just doing things that weren't manly. And okay, I'm saying... no one can see the quotation marks that you just made. <laughs> but some people in certain... Stereotypically. Yeah. Yes. So this is an older man. And he decided earlier in life that he was going to try these things. It wasn't he was following what his wife was doing. He did his own research. And I really like that about him. He would go off and say, oh, my cholesterol is high. I researched diet. He didn't wait for his doctor to tell him how to change his diet. He did get sheets from his physician, but he went off to find out other ways to do it too. Which is episode five. <laughs> yes. I know, he was. he's just so perfect for this, eh? But he would go off and figure out, oh, can I change my diet differently than what my doctor told me? Mm-hmm. Can I get a supplement? Can I get a tincture from a naturopath? Will meditation change my cholesterol? Will yoga poses change? Will it, if I put lay down on the floor and put my feet up the wall, would it change my cholesterol? This is something that I love witnessing in my coaching clients is we do this activity in, on, on day one and I ask them to rate different areas of their life based on out of 10, right? So zero being the lowest, 10 being I have the most joy and enthusiasm. And one of the sections is on creativity. And so many people draw a blank because they think if they're not an artist, they don't have any creative bones in their body. And I've had a couple of clients in the last month or so who have said, well, I'm an excellent problem solver. I can't draw and I can't sketch and I can't paint, but I can problem solve like it's nobody's business. Oh, I love it. And I just think that's such a great example of creativity because of the process that you've just walked us through and the million questions that you have to, you know, run through in your head. 
and and think of new ones for each different situation. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful kind of creativeness to pass on to another human. Yeah, that's a beautiful example. He he liked being able to make each one of his children feel as special as each other. And then he did the same thing for each of his grandchildren. But I have to tell you something. When I sat there and said to his wife, but he always made you feel like you were the queen. You were the one at the top and everybody knew it. Fucking right. She said, yes. There was no jealousy Mm -hmm. that he was more in love or, or, or did wonderful things for one grandchild than the other. He made sure that he knew for each person in his life that he said he valued, he wanted a family, he actually lived it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying he wanted a family, but then threw everything into his work and left no energy for a family. Now, I do want to say that he did say that he loved what he did. He was a laborer. He did love it, that he loved the people that he worked with, and that he threw his attention into everything when he was at work. And that's how he figured out his life purpose. He said his life purpose was just to be himself wherever he was. I've been reading this new poet lately, and I'm, I'm so in love with, with his writing. I just reposted one of his, his posts from Instagram, and it says, Watch carefully the magic that occurs when you give a person just enough comfort to be themselves. Oh, it's perfect. Isn't it beautiful? Yes. It just it gives me goosebumps. Because to me, that is being. That is the stillness of just letting someone be. Yeah. I think he had a great ability to not want to be a fixer. This was key in his in his session. I remember sitting there at one point and just taking a deep breath and just sitting with him. I remember wanting to just sit with his energy and learn from him. And just be able to say, does my energy match yours? Am I like you? Do I provide that for people? I But this is important because you can find that person dead or alive. You can find them and wonder, do I match your energy? Do I live my, my life that way when I'm really with a person or wherever I am? Am I really there? I really like the point that you're bringing up and I I find that it's very easy for a lot of people when when we're around others to mimic the physical qualities that we find quirky or great about them. I know I have a girlfriend Rachel, she talks so much with her hands. I think it's hilarious and I just it's so animated that I've found myself doing it as well. And I find that stuff easy. But in the coaching sessions, I will ask people, give me five people that you admire and tell me what it is about them that you admire. And the follow-up question is, do you emulate that quality yourself? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Because again, the hand movements, the eye rolls, there's so many things that we can pick up on that are physical, but where we stand in someone's presence and like you're saying, ask, do I match your energy? Do I have that quality too? We want to know that about ourselves when we're looking at the people that we admire or who make us feel the way we want to feel. I know that channeling does make me that person. Mm -hmm. I know that because when you're channeling, you cannot think about your grocery list. You cannot when you're 
speaking to the spirit world, you really do have to listen and use all of your senses to be engaged. That's unless, why. Unless they say you have forgotten bananas on your grocery list, which they've done. Oh, true. <laughs> but that's still the present. focus yeah. of being present with them to listen to what they're saying to you. Mm-hmm. And I say to clients quite often, please consider that I'm checking in with you because you're my human and I want to validate your needs and that you're here but that I'm also listening to the spirit world and that it truly is using all six senses. Mm -hmm. So while they might throw a a bluebird past my head saying, you know, that's one of her affirmations, say bluebird, I've also got to notice that my left knee is hurting and that he had had knee surgery. Mm -hmm. So it's paying attention to every sense. So I know that I have been living this way for the last 10 years. I know that. And that is a sense of peacefulness. Mm-hmm. Being in those moments of just being with that client, being with the people who've crossed over and their spirit guides and spirit world. It's such an authentic experience. That's fun too, because I know when you and I go out the door or into our different treatment rooms, we will say to each other now, and it's evolved over the years what we've said, I hope your clients are kind to you today. Mm-hmm. That is now often or most often the thing that we say to each other. And yes. I just think of how wonderful it would have been to be in the room with you and Jim and his wife. Oh, yeah. That's the client we wish for each other. Yes. And and it, Jim is also and his wife. And now it sounds like his entire family are the type of people that I wish everybody was. Mm-hmm. What a different place we would be living in. And I don't just mean a city. I mean this planet. If people really got some of these things Mm -hmm. or most of these things, but he said something, he said, you know, I took yoga and I took meditation. He says, trying to, you know, figure out how to, you know, find purpose or be myself. And he says, and I discovered in the process that it was nice to be in a yoga pose, but I'd like to have that same feeling in the grocery store. Which is the whole point of yoga. Yes. I'd like to still have that same feeling when I'm dealing with a customer that's reaming me out for something that they asked me to do. I'd still like to have that feeling. And he went on and he kind of made that list. Well, and that's an Eastern list. And I want to point that out because yoga is a fad in the Western world and we haven't developed it properly or adopted it properly. Right. The eight limbs of yoga have to do with extending those feelings like what Jim is talking about into other parts of your life. Yes. I know that. And I know that he knew that. Mm -hmm. And that he figured those things out and tried to just show his family that I don't have to fix you guys. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to preach it to you. I just have to be it myself. And when I am it myself, that is my life purpose. So he's truly found and figured out that the life purpose wasn't being the tradesman. The life purpose wasn't one particular thing. He wove it into everything. And I, I, I appreciated Jim because I've tried to explain that to other people when they say, oh, I booked an appointment with you for half an hour. I want to know my life purpose. And I start explaining some of these qualities they're trying to have in different parts of their life and how it's supposed to play out. And they look at me and go, I, I like, what are you doing? I, I thought I said life purpose, like you're not doing what I'm asking. And I have to look at them and pause for a minute and go, Okay, I think I have to go back and explain to you that life purpose can be in all aspects of life. 
Not a career. Not a, your career. Oh, I meant career. And I said, well, that's not what you said. So then it's not that I'm looking to argue with them. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm looking to educate them on something. And they're looking at me back going, mm, yeah, I think you're trying to take advantage of me. And I'm thinking, you have a lack of education in something. And I'm trying to educate you in something to get clarity for you mm-hmm. and do a good job. And I, while I'm trying to explain that, they're sitting there and they're, hmm, I'm angry with you now. You're not doing what I wanted. Well, temper tantrum. Totally. You've, you've, uh, there's previous podcasts. You've said that a woman's life purpose was to break her pattern of abusing men. Yes. I did one for a young woman whose father came through and said her, she was going to lead a very mediocre life. And it was beautiful. Oh. It was simplicity. Yeah. Mediocre and simplicity. Peace. Happiness problem solving like there's so many things that are mediocre that are amazing Mm -hmm. one of them being peacefulness in it It, and going right back to Jim and his wife how these two people found that in you know a trades job which somebody might say mediocre and other people might not if they're in a trade they might say it's the most amazing thing on earth I'm not in the trade and I think it's fucking fascinating. Yeah, I do too. I am fascinated by everything I can't do and by the things that I do every day. Yeah, that's beautiful. So that maybe that's one of your life purposes is simply to find beauty or be able to appreciate everything. Pretty sure it has more to do with the enthusiasm that I give to other people. That's good. But thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's good for both, right? Yeah. Because that's that interconnectivity that what's good for one person is good for other people if it's truly authentic. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of people throw the word integrity around these days and don't mean it. Well, some of them don't even know the definition. Mm -hmm. But I think some people are using it to control other people now. Mm -hmm. They get into a spiritual talk. And say things like, oh, I'm, tr- I'm living my life of integrity. And they talk it and they have no idea what it is. But they also don't have any idea or want to know, even if you ask them to research it. They just want it to be a power over other people. But where you can't question me because I say I have integrity. And Jim and his wife just weren't even about any of that. not about that life (laughs) no they weren't about any of it it was just like really truly keep it simple yeah and if you can do that and be in that level of integrity you don't have to worry about what you're saying and doing to try and talk about it just be and that's why I said this was so good he went right down to the core of what his life purpose was in very simple terms that's it cool yeah I hope people enjoy that today about keeping things more simple. Because sometimes we really get so caught up in higher mortgages, bigger homes, more trips, more problems, more debt. There's just so much of more for some cultures or some people and less peace, Mm -hmm. less authenticity. Or that they're working so hard to find it sometimes that they don't practice it. They might read five books and actually not implement anything in the book. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, their partner might be the one that knows that, oh, 
you know, my husband has 15 books on self-help, hasn't done a damn thing for him, but he's got them and he's read them and he can quote them, but he doesn't do anything. Or my wife meditates every day and she's still a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, or my husband is blah, blah. He yeah, does yoga, but he's a narcissist and won't change. It's not an end goal where you can tick it off and you're done. It's We've been saying this since the beginning. It's constant, continuous work. Yeah, Kelly, and I said that one in particular about my husband does yoga or meditates every day and is still a narcissist. Because a lot of people who are narcissistic do go out and find those things to do. Yeah, they have their outlets. But don't actually change. change. Yeah. They don't actually work on themselves. And you pointed out the asanas in yoga are all about implementing them in every aspect of our lives. It's not a stretch class. You don't just go and stretch your muscles. It's so much more than that. And if you don't know, then you should be asking the teacher. So that you're actually doing your work when you're in the poses. Good. I didn't mean to rant on yoga, but that was actually a really good example that we'll throw through this uh, talk today. So often I'm reminded of the fridge magnet in our kitchen that says, I don't know what I'm doing, but I do it damn well. Yes. <laughs> just when you do those rants. Well, yeah. And I say that in every session to people. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just listening to the spirit guides. Yep. I'm just following what they're telling me. Yeah. And that's my life purpose. Yep. A good surrender. More and more to surrender and to listen. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, it was a pleasure to listen to Jim. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing his story. You're welcome. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend.